Hello and welcome to Bite Size Project Management, the ultimate podcast for those seeking tips and advice on project management qualifications. I'm your host Amy from Training Bite Size and every couple of weeks we'll be releasing a new episode discussing topics related to project management training and certifications. Hello there, welcome everybody and thank you for joining us for today's APMG webinar in partnership with Training Bite Size. My name is Mark Constable. I'll be your host and moderator. And today we're looking at the challenges and successes of American Express Global Business Travel's decision to adopt the Praxis framework for their project management activities. Uh, for those that may not be familiar with Praxis, it's a free online framework for the management of projects, programs and portfolios. And it includes a body of knowledge, methodology, competency framework and capability maturity model. So for today's session, I'm delighted to be joined by two presenters, Brigenda Refor and Emma Jones. Brigenda is Director for Global Service Transformation at American Express Global Business Travel and has led the adoption of Praxis. And Emma is the Chief Examiner for the Supporting Praxis Framework Certification Scheme and has supported Brigenda and his team on their Praxis Framework journey. So without further ado, I'll hand you over to our presenters. I think we're going to Brigenda first. So welcome, guys, and over to you, Brigenda. Uh, thanks, Mark. Um, and hi, guys. Um, uh, just a, a quick introduction. I work for American Express Global Business Travel, so um, most of you would have heard of American Express. Uh, Global Business Travel, a few years back, used to be part of the American Express brand and was a function within American Express. And a few years back, we decided to separate business travel from American Express. So it is still partly owned by American Express, but it's an in, in, independent company today. It manages all the corporate travel, so it's a B2B environment, um, and um, it's it's um, it's a fairly dynamic industry. Um, if people are uh, exposed to the travel industry, um, even things like the coronavirus straight away impacts um, the volumes and has impacts on uh, travel. A bit of background on operations, which is the largest division within global business travel. Roughly, we spend about 10 odd million in projects in operations. Obviously, this doesn't include the other functions within um, Amex GBT, uh, which would be technologies, which is fairly large, and other sort of commercial areas. So here we're just talking about operations. It is fairly dynamic again, but I think when we look at the project environment, um, there have been cases of central PMO functions existing but they've come and gone uh, in the past. So uh, there's no sort of project um, structure that existed in the past. And what we've also seen in the past before Praxis came in was they were good project managers, but everybody sort of utilized whatever they were trained on. So if someone's a Prince2 practitioner, they would use Prince2, others would use PMP. So you would see more Prince2 being used within European countries, uh, PMP more in the uh, North, North American um, geography, uh, etc. So this is how the landscape looked like when we started um, with Praxis. So when we thought about implementing Praxis, um, I've listed down a few challenges that, that come to mind. As project management, we felt that um, planning was a weak area that we had. So, uh, and the reason I say that is you would get a mandate from a project sponsor. We would select a PM. The PM would run off. Uh, you know, it was more like firefighting. You would run away, 
rather than sort of stop, prepare, a charter, get the initial team together, uh, do a planning exercise, understand requirements. So all of that kind of was a bit chaotic uh, because the need of the AVO felt like we need to run with it quickly, which did cause a bit of challenge downstream because when you would need help from various other teams that sat outside of of our remit, uh, they would not be available because they didn't have enough advance notice of uh, their support needed on the project. So these sorts of things did exist. Sponsor roles were not clear. I think the sponsors were not clear what their role is. They came on to project calls and meetings. Some sponsors were quite hands-on, others were quite hands-off. Uh, and in some cases, the sponsors did not know that they actually sponsors of certain projects. Stakeholder engagement, again, I think it's a complex area and was was weak and we're still working on it. Uh, requirements gathering, another challenge. Um, I think it's, again, a discipline in itself. Benefits management, another discipline, uh, which I think we're quite strong at as a company on the finance side of things. Um, but on the project side of things, I think linking how any change that is made converts to a financial gain or not was an area of, area of opportunity as well. Change management as well. And obviously, because everybody was using different models, uh, there wasn't a consistent approach. So the language is also not consistent and common that is spoken across uh, operations. These were sort of the main challenges uh, that we face. And again, I mean, we are still in early stages of uh, praxis. We've just deployed it. We need to run it for many months to then see, okay, where have we got to and what, what the situation looks like. Moving on, uh, so why the praxis framework? So I think when we were introduced to praxis and thanks to uh, APMG and Emma uh, here, um, when you look at a large organization, you have some great skills within an organization, people who can run very complex projects. Uh, but then that's a very small percentage. And the number of that complex projects is also very small. And that does have a very large organizational impact. But then there is a huge volume of medium-sized to small projects as well, which need to happen, may not be that visible, but we need to get them done for the business to continue to run. And therefore, we wanted something simple that we could tweak to suit our organization, which could be used by somebody who's actually even moving in from another function of the business into project management and get started with the project or get involved with the project. Um, so Praxis seemed fairly simple, uh, straightforward. It was free. Uh, there wasn't much investment that was needed on our end. So there was no big business cases that I had to create and go off to senior management to get some funding for it. So all of that kind of uh, stacked up. Plus, we've got the Praxis Local, which is quite a funky uh, PDF. Um, and if you go onto the Praxis website, you could go and have a look at that but it allows you to navigate the different steps of a project within Praxis. So all of that kind of helped. Plus I believe that with Praxis being free and on the website, any feedback that comes in from the industry, it continuously improves itself. And the, and the, and the website is great. The entire team loves going onto the website if they've got any 
questions around project management, change management, and read through the content. So it's sort of a self-learning as well. Uh, I don't know, Emma, do you want to add anything? Yeah, I think um, for for Amex particularly, and you, I think you highlighted it earlier there, Brigida, that um, as a global business, you have different ways of working in different areas. And to be able to come together with a common language under one framework and not not a you know one framework that that does away with everything that everybody else is already doing but to consolidate that best practice into one place and to to formalize it for everybody but not throw the baby out with the bathwater because recognizing that like you say there's some really good pockets of good practice that you want to continue so by taking the praxis local which is the tailored version of praxis for yourselves and being able to adapt it to your needs seem like the perfect solution. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Moving on, and I think, do you want to go through this and I can top it up with our experience? Yeah, sure. So when you invited us to come and talk to you about praxis, um, we started by looking at what currently existed within Amex GBT, and there was a lot. There was a lot of good stuff already there. Um, you had custom implementation team with their own 10-step process. You had the project renew process and templates, product management mandates, the project review board processes. Tech team had their own software development processes. You had open-air tracking for tracking and monitoring spend. Mm -hmm. You had key success factors that needed to be, um, or metrics that needed to be measured, a wealth of stuff that we didn't want to throw away. So we needed to map those to what Praxis had on offer and produce a tailored version of Praxis, which was specific to, to Amex. Now, you could have taken the whole of Praxis, cloned the website and put it on, a, on your internal intranet, but that was just too much for what you needed. Yeah. And why, why take something that is already um, working and change it? So we took a snapshot of it for you and put it into this funky PDF format um, which allowed you to integrate all of the current good practice into one place for everybody to access. So you had yeah. your own version on your intranet. Um, and that could be adapted and tailored really simply by you, um, just modifying a PowerPoint presentation, basically. So you had access to it continually and it can evolve. The next step was to engage and educate staff. Now, that had its own issues because of the, the very nature of, the, of Amex being global, being able to contact all of those staff at the same time um, and keep them all up to speed with what you intended to do to, to formalise and structure your approach to project programme portfolio management. And that's where I think you engage training bike size um, in their delivery method. Yeah. So how did that work? So I think... Um... It it worked well because obviously we had we didn't have a big budget to go out and train loads of people, bring people into locations from different countries. So we went with the the virtual uh, delivery model. So we picked up people from obviously the project uh, the project uh, management group that we've got. That's my team um, and the equivalent in the other regions. Uh, plus the learning and development uh, team, because these guys are responsible for the learning uh, within the organization and a few other areas where we thought they do get actively involved in projects. And depending on the regions, then we set up sessions with Training Bite Size to have the trainer 
deliver virtual training. So that it was basically, uh, we could see each other uh, through the video conference, and then the slides could be shared um, as well. And um, I think even through that training, we improved upon it um, from the first training that was delivered, which was slightly more, you know, people weren't that engaged. So in the second one, we figured out ways to increase that discussion and participation because we wanted people to share their experiences. And that's how we helped build the Praxis Local as well. So I think after two or so, we kind of perfected it within that virtual environment, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that enabled you to roll it out pretty rapidly uh, across the business and yeah. get some champions in each area to help promote Yeah, I mean, it. I felt sorry for I sorry, I felt sorry for the trader who had to wake up at odd hours for Australia specifically, but <laughs> but <laughs> those are some of the challenges we dealt with. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, be, with Practice Local being on the internet, it was accessible to anybody at any time. Um, and having the website there as well, like you say, for them to dip in and dip out when they had questions or wanted to challenge further or dig into subjects um, that maybe wasn't covered in the training, but wanted to expand their knowledge. The one thing that I learned out of this, Emma, was um, we did the foundation for majority of the um, candidates. Uh, and I think some of the candidates who were not coming from a project environment, but they do get involved in projects, they probably need something like an introduction to project management, which would probably be a few hours rather than the three-day you know, course. So I think that's an area of opportunity within Praxis as you develop the model further. Okay. So looking at um, targeting people that right from the start. New to project management. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the role of the champions in each of the locations, what, what did you define as their role? So the champions were people that we partnered with or selected who were key influencers within the business. So uh, somebody who, for example, leads the learning and development, somebody who is actively a sponsor in many projects, um, other stakeholders who wanted um, to improve the effectiveness of the project delivery. So we said, okay, we've got a few people who are on the same page. Let's bring them together. And as we roll this out, they will be our um, promoters within the organization. And it worked well. I think um, you just have to continue, stick to it and carry on. You know, it's a painful journey, which we're still on. Uh, and there are going to be more and more challenges. But I think as long as you stick with it, um, you can progress. Okay. Well, let's move on to those lessons then. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've pointed a few of them here as well. So lessons learned, uh, create uh, an inner circle of like-minded people. Um, we talked about the virtual training, so cost-effective as well as um, interactive. The one thing we initially thought about when we were putting people together on that virtual training, we first grouped people from a similar geography. So let's say if we had, um, we tried to keep the class size uh, about eight, or so that was the average class size. Uh, it's not too small, it's not too big, it allows people to interact. We initially did not care about the experience that that set of eight had. And, and then we did think, should we be bringing in 
sort of more experienced people in one group and the lesser experienced another. But then we realized actually, no, that's not needed because the experienced people helped the slightly less experienced people learn from their conversations as well. Because um, the experienced people were able to challenge the content um, and have a discussion around it, which which helped as well. It was simple. Uh, so because it was simple, people got interested. It wasn't something that scared people away, right? Um, and obviously it provided a common language for us to use uh, for the future. Um, Did it give you challenges though, Brajinder, in terms of, um, you know, different people have coming from different perspectives. So people coming from PRINCE2 or PMP, possibly having different languages, different approaches yeah. to the challenge? Yeah, there was a bit of a conflict. Uh, yeah, we did, in our discussions, we did face that, for example, the way you score risks is slightly different in practice to the way you would score risk in PMP. And I think we had to also look at what the organization is today used to. So for example, if the leaders are used to looking at risks across different projects today, they know what score or high risk means, then in that case, we requested a little tweak to the practice model to suit the internal practice. Yeah, and that's an ideal, I mean, that's an example yeah. of how, you know, practice local can be tailored to what you do yeah. in your organization, yeah. yeah. Templates, obviously, we standardize the templates. And these templates, um, obviously, you know, new templates continue to keep being issued within the organization. So we go ahead and keep updating those. Um, sometimes you might still see some old templates being floated around, but that's something you have to live with and, you know, stay on top. The one thing I've realized also is um, I don't think the top leadership within an organization is interested in how you deliver projects. They're more interested in the outcomes uh, and outputs. So I think it is very critical that the middle management, the group that you create, the inner circle, that's the department heads, uh, the middle management that runs the business on a day-to-day -day basis are aligned that this is what we think we should do and we will stick with it. Um, and then we will prove um, that uh, running this efficiently, consistently is over time improving the outcomes. So, so that's, a, that's a learning, yeah. But we did do a briefing to senior management. We did, we did, we did. And I think they they were happy with us looking into this and doing what we were doing. But I think they didn't want to get into the nuts and bolts of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, people, the many, many years of experience have been using PMP prints too, so they tend to go back to old habits. So we need to just look out for that. As far as change management goes, we had a few models that we used internally within Amex GBT. So we had them to use along with the Praxis and Plus, we looked at a few of the models that are on the website, the Praxis website. So there were some interesting ones. So based on the project that we had and the complexity of that project, uh, some of the senior guys, some of us got together and looked at those complex projects and agreed on what the change model should be. And there are many out there, right, uh, all of us use. Um, and then lastly, I think it's a journey which will continue to evolve and it's it's really early stages at the moment. So I think another catch up 
once we are slightly more matured, would give a very different picture uh, to today? Yeah, certainly. Um, we're, we're in the middle of, um, of, well, getting some legs on it, really, aren't we? We're just, yes. just getting forward Correct. and we're looking at, in effect, a culture change for the organisation in the Correct. way we approach projects. And um, you summed it up quite nicely when you were saying um, about focusing on not just what is delivered in your projects, but looking and measuring how things are delivered mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. against the practice framework. Yeah. I mean, one of the things um, I'm introducing for 2020 is for all the project managers within the team is while you set your goals for 2020, you will not just be assessed on what you achieved, but how did you go about achieving it? Which means did you apply the right rigor in running your projects um, through Praxis? And um, along with that, how did you sort of do your stakeholder management? How did you? And that's based on, you know, as you speak to different stakeholders within the organization for different projects, you get feedback on people, you know, who are leading the project. So that's going to be the basis of uh, gathering the intelligence. Moving on, what has it allowed you to do better? Um, yeah, I think simplicity is probably key. And I've probably called this out in every slide. I think simple, easy is the way to go because not everybody in the organization handles the most advanced complex projects. There are big number of projects which are straightforward, simple, and you need something simple as well. Website, the Praxis website is a great tool to look at content, to look at models, um, common language, of course, and consistency. So again, during the journey, we're still trying to achieve that consistency, make sure we stick to that path. So that's going to be a challenge always. But uh, yeah, that's something to deal with. That's pretty much it. Mark, back to you. Okay, thanks guys. Just a couple of questions that I can see um, come through at the moment. So I'll start with this one. When Praxis was implemented, was it easily adaptable by PMs who were midway through existing projects or was it just picked up by those starting new projects? It was picked up by those starting new projects. Um, not because they couldn't switch, but uh, we just felt at least within GBT, the uh, experience was the templates were slightly different. Um, the setup and organization was slightly different. So uh, yeah, for new projects only. Okay. And the second uh, question I could see at the moment, uh, one of the challenges was um, identified was change management. How does Praxis address change management? Yeah, so um, I think the best is to look at a combination of any change models that you already have um, existing within the organization and see how that can be adapted uh, to be used along with Praxis. And the second one is we've looked at some of the models we've picked up from the Praxis website. Um, I don't know, Emma, do you want to add anything on this yeah, one? Yes, um, Praxis looks at project program and portfolio management, but it also looks at how it interfaces with change management and change management is one of the core skills that it looks at. Language-wise, it, it, it talks about managing change and change management. Now, managing change is managing change within your project and your deliverables and your outcomes, but change management is looking at how that deliverable then gets delivered into the organization and manages the environment um, to receive it and, and actually deliver the benefits. So there's a lot of good stuff in Praxis to help with the interface between projects, programs, portfolios, and change management as a whole. 
Thanks, guys. And a couple of couple of further questions to come in while we're doing those ones. So, uh, did you evaluate Praxis against other tools before choosing to move forward? Yes, uh, maybe not formally, but uh, because I myself had was Prince to certified PMP as well. Um, I think we didn't look at any others, um, and then Praxis just looked uh, very intuitive and simple. Uh, we went with it. The interesting thing that we did do, and I forgot to mention that, was on the Praxis website, there is a way to assess the maturity level of your project management process within the organization. So you go and register yourself and answer key questions, how you manage projects. And that gave some interesting insights on, as an organization or as a group, uh, let's say operations within the company, uh, what your maturity level is. So, so we did come out very strong on certain processes like managing our financials and all of that, but very weak around some of them, which I did mention in the challenges as well. So that got me quite involved in the process uh, because I knew one, uh, I'm being assessed where I'm weak at, on, and then I'm tweaking the model to that. So it just seemed the right fit. Okay, thanks, Virginia. And one final question. Did you have any challenges implementing the framework with your PMO or PMO tools? Yes. Um, I wouldn't say the direct PMO within operations, but as we look at the organization as a whole, there are some very large programs that are run cross-functional. They're just not in operations, but uh, across commercial and technology. And technology obviously being the sort of complex, the most complex beast within any organization already has certain tools that they use today, which drive a certain model in running projects. So we haven't uh, changed anything there. It's something to tackle and align with at a later point once we've got praxis embedded a bit more within the organization. And then we want to pick that up with uh, technology to say, okay, how does how do we map things like Scrum and Agile and all of that into this setup? But we're not there yet. Okay, well, I think that's all the questions we have. So I think we can start to uh, to wrap up there. So thank you very much, Virginia uh, and Emma, for your uh, insight today. Uh, it's been really useful. So to close, I hope you found it useful and interesting. Um, and in fact, again, to yourself, Virginia and Emma, for your sharing your expertise today is very much appreciated. So thanks again, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your week. Bye-bye. Thank you. So that's it for this episode of Bite Size Project Management. We hope you'll tune in again soon for another edition. Until then, you can find out more about the certifications and training packages we offer on our website, trainingbitesize.com. Thanks very much for listening. 